Oh, 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 oh. Merry Christmas and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. I'm Grant Harrett and I'm going to drop the Santa Claus voice and I'm joined as ever by my best friend in the whole world, Christopher Taylor. Merry Christmas, Chris. Merry Christmas, Grant. It is actually Christmas. It's actual Christmas. We're recording it before Christmas because we don't record these live. Yes, Grant, I'm doing the big pretend. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I hope you are excited to... uh, This this is a present, I guess, for you. This is a present we're giving to you. Admittedly, some of you are paying us for the present, so a bit ass backwards. But for the majority of you, Merry Christmas. Enjoy this this special podcast in your stocking. We recommend wrapping up our words and placing them under the tree for later excitement. Yeah, in fact, actually, wrap up your phone, put it under the tree on Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas morning... Our podcast should have automatically downloaded if you're subscribed. There you are. That'd be nice. There you go. Although you are hearing anyway. Listen, the point is, Merry Christmas and welcome to Hearty Dose Friends. This is a role-playing game podcast where we give advice to people who either write in and ask us questions or who foolishly leave those questions exposed on the internet so we can sweep in and steal them. Like heinous data thieves, we come in and then help. Like an eagle with a sheep. We're going to swoop down and take that question. I wonder if anyone's actually heard the answer to the question, which they haven't asked us directly. I don't know. I do hope so. Hmm. I hope we've managed to help someone, even tangentially. Yeah. So, as ever, uh, Chris, can you... Str- in, in, this most Chris- in this most Christmas episode, can you ask me a hearty dice Christmas question? A hearty dice Christmas question? Okay. Owen asks, who's the best Christmas villain? I'm trying to think what Christmas villains we've got. You've got Krampus? Got Krampus. You've got the Grinch. Yeah, you've got Santa himself. You've got Santa himself. You've got bad elves. Obviously. If you've got yeah, good elves, like, you've got bad elves. Like I mean, evil, evil elves. Logically. Like, I, guess, I guess they'd break toys that children have? Is that where they yeah. get the stuff for toys from? Yeah, they just come in and just break it down to aggregate. Mm, yeah, just, just, just into toy parts. Yeah. Like in, a, like in a, a resource gathering game. You remember when you were a kid and some of your toys just went missing? Yeah, just the ones you didn't play with anymore? Yeah, it wasn't your mum just throwing them away because you had too many toys. <laughs> That's a weird thing for a mum to do. <laughs> no, no, you have too many. Should we give them to a, to a less fortunate child? No, I don't think so. Then they might have too many. Yeah, let's we, destroy it. We can't have an abundance of pleasure. I think. I think. Um, I think the, the the worst Christmas villain is your mother. <laughs> <laughs> In a very real way. Yeah. Um, that's Krampus. I don't know much about Krampus. Do you know much about him? He's a scary-looking dude. Scary-looking dude comes... It's just an anti-clause. Mm. Realistically. Do you think... Oh, Chris, do you think the um, the biggest Christmas villain is commercialization? No, I love commercialization at Christmas. Ah, okay. What about Coca-Cola? No, because that, that's, that's one of the great Carl Christmas signifiers. That's true. When, 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 when the Coca-Cola advert arrives, it is time to engage in the Christmas. Yep. That doesn't seem fair. Can we, can we not tie it to weather or something? <laughs> or Pepsi? I mean, when, Pepsi. when's their turn in the sun? Pepsi have really got to get their fucking shit together. Because right. it's not like Christmas is copyrighted, right? They can have whatever they want there. And they just let, 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 they just let big Coca-Cola walk all over it. One question. Hanukkah. Ooh. Not a question, I realise. I said it more of a statement. Yeah. But what, what if Pepsi got the, got the market cornered on Hanukkah? Special dreidel bottles. Dreidel bottles? You could have, um, like, imagine you get a load of Pepsi bottles in a line to get one of the um, menorahs. Yes. 
Yeah, that could work. Do a sort of Blue Peter thing of how to turn a Pepsi bottle into a menorah. They could be tremendously disrespectful and talk about the uh, the Maccabees who had a bottle of Pepsi, which was supposed to last them only one day, but they managed to get eight days worth of Pepsi out of it. Yeah. Seven Although, days? Not, Six days? Not something many, they could back up in court. How many days did the Maccabees get oil up? I, I, I learn all of this shit from friends. At least four. Yeah, okay, yeah, at least four. So, I just like, hey, sad at Christmas. No family around, crying into your turkey dinner for one. Why not try some Pepsi? Because Coca Cola's getting too nice. I think they're getting too friendly with the family shit. Yeah, yeah, they're coming in, coming in yeah. with it. No, I'm not happy. Christmas on, is on a sad Pepsi time is like, of year are you alone? Are you, yeah, Pepsi won't solve that because you know, look at yeah. you. But Why it will perk you up. I think like the idea is that you drink Coca Cola with your family. You drink Pepsi with your new family. You bond yes. over drinking Pepsi together. Like, hey, working on Christmas Day. Yeah, me too, buddy. Why don't Why don't we share a Pepsi? I think I think commercial I think commercialism is still the issue there. The real the, the real villain all the time was capitalism. Yes, capitalism I can understand, but commercialism we, no. We need a solid communist Christmas where everybody gets the same present and it is grey. But it might be nice. Nope. Might be a nice jumper. But, but then not everybody's going to like it. Well, no, but it might be a nice jump, you know, as opposed to... It might, it, it might be of good make. <laughs> it is of good quality wool. It is, it, is, it is a good quality grey jump. I don't know anything about communism either. Or oh, jeez. <laughs> this is really going badly. We're not overburdened with Christmas villains, aside from ones that I've had to make up. It's like Bad Elves and Pepsi. Yeah. Maybe, actually, maybe Pepsi the Christmas villains. Yeah, I mean, you've got the Grinch. The Grinch is a classic Christmas villain. That's the that's the green fella who wants to steal Christmas. He wants to, he wants to thief Christmas. Yeah. How does one steal Christmas? Well, he does it by being a dick to specific people. So what, but like, how does he steal Christmas from them? Does he just does, with is a it bag. Like ruin? Oh, so he steals their gifts and the tree. And oh, and all the tinsel and stuff. Yeah. What does he What does he then do with it? I assume just puts it in a trash compactor and laughs. Oh, okay, right. I mean, just make him quite film. a dick bag. Yeah, I think. I think he's the only one we've got. And you know what? You know what? I think we need more. Because Christmas is not a fraught time. No, we we need to stay on edge. Oh, hang on, Chris. Scrooge. Scrooge. He's a Christmas villain. Classic Christmas villain. And then a Christmas hero. Bar Humbug. And he he hung out with Gonzo. (laughs) (laughs) In, In honestly, the most canonical version of that story... Yeah, whichever one's got Michael Caine in it is the real story. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, the, it's the Muppets one. I think. I think. I think Charles Dickens missed the Muppets, but that's okay. Yeah, he was close. He was close to the true vision of Christmas. He laid some important groundwork for Jim Henson to really just get it in the back of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Dickens's foundations will be fondly thought of, but not true. Not true. Christmas is summer the enemy of Christmas? Like solstice. I guess so, because it's the opposite of Christmas. Yeah, the sun. Yes, the but sun. It, but then again, you know, other end of the world, they have their Christmases in blazing sunlight. We have so few listeners in Australia. I feel that it is pandering to even discuss the the southern hemisphere. <laughs> I believe we have one in Argentina and maybe three in Australia, and I, I have no time for them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no. With their air conditioning no. turned up to full. I spent I spent one Christmas in Australia. It was perverse. I can imagine. It at least rained. Oh, so well, that's that was something. 
<laughs> reminds me of home. <sighs> we need we need a proper Christmas villain, like a leech, like a oh like like a like like a leech which sucks the Christmas out. Yeah, like an enormous thinking, fluke worm thing. I was that thinking just comes more like more like the sun god. Oh, like 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 the sun king, a desiccated baked skeleton who arrives and the Sun King demands continual labour and only profit. And he does not give the idea of giving gifts to one another or kicking back and having a feast. He's like, no, it is time. It is time to return to work. Toil in the fields. And he, he, he he's from Egypt. That's why he sounds like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, gotcha. he, he throws his bony hand out over the banks of the Nile and we see that uh, it, it is the opposite of Christmas. Jobs. <laughs> Jobs is the opposite of Christmas. I guess feudalism. See, I was I was thinking more along the line of like a giant worm that comes up through your plumbing and just fucks your tree. You, how, when you say fucks, what do you mean? I just I was going to go with fucks it up, but both. <laughs> I don't want it after. <laughs> do you? That's why you've got. To, that's why you've got to put it out before before January the sixth each year. Yeah, exactly. We're looking at a high hit dice creature. That's yeah. I like to imagine it looks quite a lot like an inverted Christmas tree. Yeah, and like, and so, so <laughs> that like, is so entirely like its, its penis. The, oh, like I'm just imagining like you've got like a dark, oily Christmas tree which just rushes up your up your toilet pipe. Yeah, round the U bend. Yeah, like a bursts rabbit. out, bursts out like 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 a Floridian crocodile. Yeah, um, and then. I'm gonna say, breathe somehow to reinflate itself on your on, on on your bathroom floor, and then goes and um, makes love to your tree. It certainly envelops. Yeah, it happens, and then and like you don't want the kids to see that. No. What so happens after? Like, does it go back down, or is this how it? Breathes, no, 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 no. It then pretends to be the Christmas tree. Ah, I see. Okay. And lies in and wait for Christmas for... morning. Oh, I see. Because I figured, like in January sixth, that's when they start spawning. So you got to get out no, of the no, house no, before no. this fucker arrives. January sixth is is the goblins. So oh, my the mother, goblins. my mother is really hard on the opinion that we have to take on the Christmas decorations. Otherwise, the Christmas decorations will turn into goblins. Is this a joke, or is this something which your mother actually says? This is something my mother actually says. I'm not sure if she believes it or if it's an old tradition, but I'm inclined I mean, to think I mean, she does. I'd, I'd want to try that just to get a goblin. I do not want my house full of bauble goblins. I'd, I'd, I'd leave one up. Oh no, a jolly, a little jolly bauble goblin. Oh, he's all glitzy, <laughs> coughing <laughs> glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is it here? We've put on a show. I've sodding missed it again. <laughs> I like to imagine that it's, it's sort of done up a bit like a drag queen, but with tinsel instead of a feather boa. Yeah, yeah, it's just like super glitzy Christmas. Uh, yeah, and that sort of very harsh makeup, but done by a goblin. Yeah, and a big a big Santa hat. Yeah, okay. Those are the worst Christmas villains. Oh, you know what? We are the worst Christmas villains <laughs> for that. For that. For the last five minutes, it's us. We've done. For it. what just happened here? This <laughs> very <day>. soon. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Chris. Ask it. Zenton. From the snowy from the, from the snowy shores of Canada asks, how many hit points does Santa have? Now I view mm. Santa as being a little bit fragile. Um, okay. So I don't. Big healthy boy though he is. Yeah. Now, 
he goes to a lot of houses. He doesn't get into a lot of fights, does he? No, he doesn't get into a lot of fights, but goes to a lot yeah. of houses. Right. And needs to recuperate in each one with a little glass of sherry and a mince pie. Okay. That speaks to me of a delicate flower. Um, I think, actually, we can work this out. Okay. Let's assume it is theoretically impossible for Santa Claus to visit every house of a good child on Earth. Or, like, of a good child who's who is part of the Father Christmas faction, let's say. <laughs> sorry, just quickly, what do you mean assume? That is cold hard fact. Um, no, 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 sorry, sorry. We're assuming that these children are part of the Father Christmas faction. Okay, so yeah, like, okay. So, like, like in countries where, where, where Father Christmas is not, you know... Um, Worshipped? I get venerated? Invited? Definitely venerated. Pantomimed? Anyway, we can assume it is, a, it, it is a, an impossibility for one individual to do this. Because, it's, because like, I think you could, you, you could definitely visit all those spaces, all those locations. However, you couldn't, say, then pause and eat the mince pie, drink your brandy... He's going to be fucking ruined by the time he gets through oh, one straight. He, he, he is lucky he is flying and not on the roads. Give his... Yeah, it's not like he's going to crash into much, is it? Yeah. Give, give the reindeers the carrots, that sort, of shit, that sort of shit. Now, what if there's not one Santa? What if there is one Santa, but it's a series of high-level correspondence spells? Okay. Now, I'm going to use Mage the Ascension oh, dear. for this. Because, well, Mage the Ascension lets me very... Not the Ascension, Mage the Awakening, sorry. Um, well, whichever one has um, the, the purple book with all the daft ones in it. <laughs> the old one. Yeah. Because that, 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 I, I know the system, and that, that lets me work out that I believe this is a correspondence spell. This is a level 5 correspondence spell to have, man, to have many of you in one place at once. Now, normally, the only thing stopping Santa from doing this would be... Well, I guess like he'd make a copy of himself, he'd then cast a spell again and repeat. Now, the issue is Paradox would cause him to just explode in a giant Christmas explosion. Mm-hmm. The but second, I think, the second he, bu- he, he broke out the tent. But people believe he Santa. can do this. But children believe he can do this. Therefore, Santa has seven hit points because he's a World of Darkness character. <laughs> or the other way of looking at it is that each Christmas mm-hmm. is equal to one adventure. Oh, okay. So, he gets... Let's... What system What system are you doing this in? I'm doing this in sort of standard D&D. Okay, well you only get XP for overcoming monsters. Or Is killing it... monsters. He ain't done that. You don't get it for completing an adventure. Well, kind of, yeah. But you get most of it from doing the kill on monsters. Traditionally in D&D. You get the XP that that monster costs to put into the... Well, in which the... case, he's level, he's level fuck nothing. Yeah. And he's got a lot of very expensive magic items. Ah... Okay, because he because he makes the toys, sells them to shops. Yeah, and then from that money invests in he gets the bad elves. He gets the bad elves. Plus, I assume he's got a couple of shares in Google. He's not an idiot. Hmm. So I, should, I, you know, honestly, probably Santa has seven hit points, no matter what system you're in. Yes, yeah, it's it's, a, it's under ten. <laughs> yeah, and um, the reason why it's never come up is because he's never been in the fight. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, oh, actually, hang on, wasn't there that film where where um that drug dealer killed him? What? Yeah, the guy, um, the um, Tim, Tim Allen. Tormento. Yeah, Tim Allen. He killed Santa Claus, didn't he? Yes, and then he did, him. and then be- the Santa Claus. Yeah, and then he picked him up like a sort of virus. Yes. Well, no, because it's a contract. Okay. Claus. C L E C L A U S E. We all know what the joke is. But did he? Um, 
like, did he sign the clause? No, but it's it's whoever it's triggered kills... by anyone yeah. anyone who kills Santa becomes a, M Santa. It's a bit macabre, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's how people became king. Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, it's a bit more roundabout than that, but still. Mm, yeah, you need to be of noble Santa birth. I don't think you know, Tim. Have you got any more cocaine, Alan? Is mm. going to really care about that. I reckon that any of us could take Santa in a fight, but we wouldn't want to. Yeah, like, why would you? Why would you be the person who ruined Christmas? If I had a hammer, I could kill Santa pretty easy. Yeah, that's what we're getting at here. I'm not going to try and choke him because he's a big lad. Yeah, but... and also, I i mean, there's something very intimate about that. You, like, you have to want him to die. You have to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, you have to smack him back of a ha- back of a head with a hammer. Is... Just pick one of his heads. Yeah. <laughs> is is slightly more dispassionate. It's, than I mean, choking it's, it's, somebody it's, it's not like it's not like shooting him. No, but I but think, it's like, not just... staring him in, staring into his eyes in the last minutes of his life. Can, can I at least have a big hammer, or is it quite a small one? <laughs> it's one of those little jeweler's hammers. <laughs> oh, and I can't, no, I can't kill Santa with that. <laughs> it's going to take bloody ages. I might as well bring a spoon. <laughs> so you're saying you want to kill Santa with a spoon? No, I'm saying I want to like push him down the stairs, and make it look like an accident. That would be better, especially if Tim Allen's yeah. there, because there's precedent. Hang on, if Tim Allen's there, would I then become Santa if I kill him? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to become Santa. Not around Tim Allen, you don't. Push him up on rope. <laughs> oh, Santa's back. <laughs> and then, and then like, he's, 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 got, he's got his big, big cocaine-powered arms around my neck. <laughs> oh, Tim Allen would choke you out. And he, he leans in and then whispers, if evolution's real and we come from monkeys, how come there's still monkeys? <laughs> Which he said in real life on Twitter. Yeah, Tim Allen, everyone. Ah, oh, what a guy. He's he's your father Christmas. What right? a hero. Merry, Merry fucking Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Ask me a question. All right. Well, let's have a non-Christmassy one. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's have a little... Let's, let's have a serious dish. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this question is from James Washburn. Ah, uh, yes, sent in through the email. Through the email, well done. I think the that. second question I've ever received through the email. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, thank you. Please send in questions via email if you've got a slightly longer one. It because is, I like uh, getting post. It's just heartydicefriends at gmail.com. I'm having trouble coming up with good rewards for my players. I feel mm. like anything that gives a coherent material benefit is just tied to combat. Uh, but that seems to make combat central in a way I don't really want. Um, is there, essentially, is there a good way of recording... Uh, recording rewarding players without relying on things that give an explicit bonus in combat and only combat. Hard mode, no magical items. Well, that's that's quite hard to do no, no magical yeah. items. So let's keep magical items in for now. Okay. I think quite a fun way of doing this is giving people what I like to call utility items. So yeah. you give them things which let them be creative. Let's say, for example, a stock pot which produces a delicious meal. Useful. Um, and then you can have, and like, and if you want, if you want a mechanical bonus on it, say when people eat from your stock pot, you roll with uh, advantage to persuade them to do stuff. Yeah, it's not like a mind control thing; it's just really good stew. What you want to do is you want to get your DMG, mm-hmm. and you want to flick through the sections mm. to the magic items until you wondrous. see wondrous items. Wondrous items, because in there they have the best Christmas present a boy could ever get. Is that what is that? The immovable rod. <laughs> the immovable rod is the best wondrous item ever made by anybody ever and I realise this is specifically 13th age that this question comes from mm. however put in the immovable rod it's so fun two of them you can climb 
You can you can hold doors shut. You know, always got somewhere to hang your hat. Is there an irresistible rod as well as an immovable rod? Yeah, it's just really hot. Oh, okay. It just goes right in. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can find <laughs> an irresistible rod has never been seen because they're always up someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just couldn't. I couldn't resist. It's in there now. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, I'm really happy about the situation. That is bl- bracing and pleasurable. So let's let's think. So like non-magic items, you've got things like training. So the D, like DMG two for fourth ed is one of the best books I've ever read on dungeon mastering. It's an incredible book, and if you can if you can get a copy of it, it should be quite cheap now. Um, yeah. I rec- recommend you pick it up because it has a lot of really good system agnostic advice. But one of the things they give is instead of magic items, because you get bogged down by magic items, uh, you receive training from someone in something. So this this is still combat themed, but that's that's I'll start I'll start with this and then we'll expand out. So let's say for example, uh, you 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 travel to the mystical order of sages in the mountains who teach you the the the, the path of ashes. And so like uh, once per day you can get um or once per fight you can get d six three damage as your your sword catches fire. And it's exactly the same as giving someone a magic sword, except it stays with them. And you can, yeah. and you can, you can do things like, uh, I think, like, 13th Age, actually, which is what, the, what, what James is using, uh, has quite good things for, like, at this level it does this, at this level it does this, and so, and so the items it will scale. Nicely, with you. Yeah. However, parties. <laughs> Big, <laughs> sexy parties. Can I just say one word here? Luau. Luau. You want to get yourself a pig, get yourself one of those flower bandoliers and unbutton your shirt. What are they called? The flower Lays. bandoliers? Lays. <clears throat> That's a kind of crisp. Flower bandolier. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like if, if you need to have your bandoliers out. For reloading your compost gun. It would be a flower gun and don't tell me you don't want one. I, I don't know what I'd do with it. You shoot flowers at things. I'd kill things. Nah, it's a the flower, mu- The muzzle velocity on a shotgun still gonna hurt. You'd kill the flower. It's, it's probably not using gunpowder. <laughs> that would really fuck the flow. <laughs> okay, um, parties Just are good. Shooting rewards are good. Out. Businesses are good. So, yeah. like um, uh, NPC relationships, like, like the, the way we do it in Spire, actually. Yeah. Um, which actually, which we finished this week. Ah! And it, like, so, yeah! so, like, we finished writing it before the Kickstarter, and then we did, like, we finally finished uh, all the additional content, and then we got it all proofread and looked over it and put it into the book. And now the book is, in fact, I've got it open here, and the reason why I have it open is because it is impossible to open anew. It is 97,000 words and change, which is ridiculous. And we got the first chapter back from <clears throat> layout, and it's it looks oh, it's so yeah. exciting! It's so, it's so exciting! Anyway, yes. Um, in Spire, what we do instead of magic items, or really in terms of any items, because we weren't really interested in writing a game about items, is we give you relationships with NPCs, and then we have kind of a basic way to interact with those and use them as a, as agents for you. So, having uh, if, if there's an NPC that if there's an NPC which they like. Um, the NPC sets off business and be like, hey, anytime you want something, come back, buddy. You can stay here for free anytime. Or maybe you give them an owlbear. Who doesn't want a fucking owlbear? Everyone wants an owlbear. That's just right. what owlbears are. If they, if they say they don't, if they say that they, they, they don't want one, they, they just don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just haven't come into contact with an owlbear yet. <clears throat> you need to expose them to more owlbears. Mm. Their hooting um, screech. Recipes. Recipes for delicious cakes. Honestly, um, to expand that further, schematics. Schematics? So say, for instance, the magic items aren't a big thing in your campaign. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's 13th edition, so they're probably not, actually. Yeah, so you give them the schematic for how to make a magic item. Oh, fun. And then you've got, you need this special rock from this special mountain. Mm. But yeah, that's, that, that, that's kind of a nice idea, because that'll push them onto quests. It gives you quests, <clears> and it gives you a combat bonus, but not immediately. Mm. The reward goats? isn't the sword, the reward is the schematic. How do you feel about goats? I hate goats. Tron, I, you're always coming in here. I just and your I first don't... fucking thing you always go with is, how about a goat? Mate, that was my tenth fucking thing. Yeah, today. Yeah, today. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think there's a lot of things you can get. I think, like, <clears throat> finding out what players enjoy in terms of role-playing and, 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 and giving them more things. You've also got things like, like pretty basic stuff, like skill checks. If you want to give them bonuses on skill checks, or you want to have, uh, so like, um, you have the Mask of the Lover once per day, uh, sorry, once per session, uh, pick an NPC, they fall in love with you. Yeah. That sort of thing. And so, like, that, that's kind of how we've handled a lot of the weirder powers inspired. As you say, once per session, and then you give a power, you give the, you give the player some narrative control. Yeah. And it, like, I think also it keeps the GM on their toes as well. Because, because like, by game six, every NPC is in, is, is, is in love with anyone who has the mask of the lover. <laughs> but, I mean, you could also give them stuff that gives them bonuses outside of combat. Yeah. So, for instance, like, ignore the first damage you take a day. Well, that's combat, isn't it? No, but you could be traps. You can just walk down a corridor and a trap springs <laughs> and you just, no, no. I think, also, I think you've got diplomacy checks, you've got um, bluff checks, you've got um, like knowledge, which would be quite nice. I think having having like a um, a library card, which you which, which you touch against the door, and then you open the door and you go to the library where you get to roll with mastery on on knowledge history checks. Yep, that sort of thing. Again, and a power can, from Spire. And you could and oh shit yeah, and and you could have a librarian in there and 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 she's like, oh welcome back, adventurers. How have you been? And and maybe and like and that she's got tea. Um, my my favourite magic item I've ever come up with is, and we'll stop talking about this soon, is a suit of armour. It's a full plate suit of armour, and when you lean back into it, it empties out into a small but well but but well appointed um, break room <laughs> with with a with with a like with a stove and a kettle and some fresh jam tarts. Oh, and you a get cat. your tea on. Yeah, you, you 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 get a cup of tea, and there is a cat there who who you presume owns it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're ready, you walk up like you walk up to the armor sort of imprint at, at the end of the room and get in, and then you're back in you're back in the room. But it's just a way of, of having a break while looking like you're guarding something. That's genius. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I want to have. All right, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Go let's, for it. Let's, let's see if we can get some Christmas. Dave Chan asks most Christmassy spell. I think that this will actually seg nicely from our talk a long time ago about best spell. Grease. Because it's grease. <laughs> Go on. Well, you've got some roast, you've got roast potatoes that need doing. You've got turkey that's, that needs doing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you've got to grease that bad boy. Got to grease them up, make them slippery. Is it edible, grease? I don't... Nobody's like proven oil. that it isn't. That's true. I get... It doesn't... It doesn't actually, does it endure or does it disappear? It sticks around, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. I'd like to argue for Dancing Lights. All right, Dancing Lights and Ghost Sound. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Summon, summon Santa. Summon big Coca-Cola. Summon big... <laughs> summon big soda. <laughs> Snowfall. Is that a spell? Yeah, Blizzard. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, Blizzard and Snowfall are two very different words, Christopher. Well. Merry Christmas, you. kids. Button down the fucking hatches. <laughs> Merry Christmas, kids. Get in the bunker. <laughs> We're going to ride this I one out. I hope you've got supplies. <laughs> I hope you've been prepping. <laughs> Summer natures aren't like. Reindeer. Reindeer, yeah. Okay, presumably one which has like a glowing nose. Summer monster. Dire badger. Diet. That's not Christmassing. It is because what I want for Christmas. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I guess, <laughs> I guess then any spell which gives me continued access to a bear. <laughs> <laughs> continued and extended access. Yeah. To a bear. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to get the meta magic up there, but like, <laughs> get get some meta magic feats, which just lets me hang out for a bear for an hour whenever I want. <laughs> That'd be yep. great. That'd be grand. Just have a little nap on him. That'd be good. But then, but then, not to not to deal with the whole sort of like actual care for a bear. Unseen servant. Oh, for tidying up. For tidying up, gets rid of the wrapping that's, paper, that's... serves mm, you dinner. Chris, Chris, is is the labour part of Christmas? No. Is 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 tidying the dishes? Is 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 doing the washing up? Is getting rid of the wrapping paper? Is that all part of the Christmas endeavour? Is is someone putting that effort in part of what Christmas is? Or no. Would, like, would it still be Christmas if you paid someone to do it? We have a dishwasher, right. and all the wrapping paper gets set gets set on fire immediately. You do have a very warm house. I have a very... Well, yeah, it's <laughs> 451 degrees Fahrenheit, apparently. That's why you read most of your books on PDF. Yeah. No, but uh, we unwrap presents next to a fire. Ah, and then you throw them on. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which we've started to ward uh, off the monster that's eaten our Christmas tree. <laughs> to keep the goblins at bay. Yeah, well, that, that's okay. We've got time. Hey, quick question. Does the Christmas tree fucking monster also harm the goblins if it's replaced its, the Christmas tree with itself? Yes, it would then be full of goblins. Is it like a symbiotic relationship? or? A... I don't think that can happen, no. Do they team up? Or is this like a horrible dungeon crawl for those little bauble gobs? <laughs> I, think, I think they're very much in Duodenum town. I'd, I'd like to... I'd like to write an adventure or just some sort of class where you are Christmas goblins somebody's left up their Christmas decorations too late yeah and they you, are and Jan- January's one page January's one pager jingle jingle <laughs> jingle jingle looks like some fucker's been lazy around Christmas I quite like the idea that these goblins eat Christmas yeah just whatever's <laughs> but, left but they have to find whatever scraps so like so like January 6th, January 7th, they're going in and kicking in the doors in Tesco and trying to find any leftover mince pies. <laughs> Free for a pound! <laughs> this is daylight! This is daylight robberies! Hey, wasn't I a drag queen earlier? Jimmy, get a cart! <laughs> Make it out like Christmas bandits! It's just a, it's just a basket they've put on a skateboard. <laughs> oh, great, okay. Um... I don't think it's grease, man. I'm not sure about that. That's really that's unsettling. I, I, I don't want I don't want the Christmas. I don't want the secret of Christmas magic to be fucking grease. The best part is I completely forgotten that I even said grease. <laughs> uh, how about like protection from evil? Why would you need it? It's Christmas. Everybody's lovely. That's true. Okay, protection from good. Yeah, that, that way, carolers couldn't come near your house. That's true. Although, do they? No, but I, I'm always worried. Though it's a bit like a bit like Halloween. I never want any. I mean, I live in a block of flats, so no one's going oh, around. My, yeah. Halloween, doors shut. Every room at the front of the house lights off, just get, in case just a child gets case. the idea. I put you little oink. some sweets. I think it's quite nice to give, and like, and also like, it's, it's quite nice to maybe like go a little bit overboard. 
and like here have an individual bag of Haribo or here you know what grab a just like grab a handful of fun-sized Mars bars and just drop them because so few people do it in this country you're not going to spend more than say 15 quid oh I just don't like it okay. I don't like people coming up to my house is it is it the socialist aspects of it you don't like the, the socialist aspects where 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 what children ask the people where children ask for things and you then give them to them for free is that what you don't like about no it's humans at my front door oh you know trick or treat yeah what the fuck is that because you say trick or treat and then they give you a thing are you supposed to like do a thing you're supposed to you're supposed to like destroy their lives if, you, if they don't give you sweets oh so it's like it's like we will play a trick on you if you don't Give us a treat, yeah, because, which because we are malevolent. Several spirits. days of cleaning, right? But but like the gag is, you're dressed up as spirits. Yeah, it's not brilliant. It's not. I will say though, it's kind of the, it's kind of the last vestige we have of we're sailing. There's an element of that, but also, I mean, like it's it's every kid's first heist in America. Urban we're sailing. <laughs> go on. It's, well, it's like they're 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 conning people out of food. I guess what. Not really conning because they're, kind they're of training these it. kids to be criminals. Well, seriously, think about it. I think if if you manage to if if you, if you ring the doorbell, then run around the back of the house, and then while they're distracted, take the entire bowl of candy. No, that's what, a heist. What you've got here, is, okay. you shoot them clean through the face a, and then take it, their food. Extortion. That's a heist. It's a protection racket. There because we go. There right, you go. I like, see. Yeah. Give me, give me candy, or I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, tiny little witchy gangsters, one night a year. Yep. Yeah, it's not right. It's not right. I say. No, you're right. It's organised crime, isn't it? Yeah, that's all it is. In on on our streets, in our neighbourhoods. <clears throat> you know how they used to they used to talk about people putting like razor blades in apples and stuff to hurt kids. Yeah, that's monstrous. They don't know how fucking expensive razor blades are. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the Dollar Shave Club. Just shit in the apple. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried to shit in an apple? <laughs> you you core it. She's in the middle. Oh no! Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> that can't be easy for anyone. I imagine you'd have to put it in after. <laughs> You're there with a spatula doing up some apples. You probably get like a piping bag. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh dear. No. I actually don't know what's worse because, like, razor blades are incredibly cruel and, like, you'll cut your gums up. But there's something sort of clean and villainous about it. <laughs> you know? There's almost something cool about finding a razor blade in your apple. At least that's certifiable evil. <laughs> but just having it cored with a bit of shit in it. You're going to notice. I mean, come on, people. Okay, alright. Don't put stuff in kids' food. It's dancing. Well, vitamins and minerals. That should already be in the food you're Vegetables eating. and love, but not shit or razor blades. Yeah, don't do not do either of those things. <laughs> you monster. Give me a question, big horse. All right, let's have a non-Christmassy one, because that one turned dark, and we'll see if we can turn this around. It was a bit dark, wasn't it? So, you've set up your new group ready to play a new game in a month or two when everyone has time. How do you keep people interested in a game that won't happen for a few weeks yet? Hmm, tricky biscuit, this one. It is. So I think this uh, this this enters a problem which I commonly have with um, with role playing games, in which I get very excited about like session zero. I adore 
in mm-hmm. your that you and like maybe you've got your mates or maybe the people who you're just sort of getting to know so there's some interesting experiences happening there and you sit down and like kind of you build a world together and even if you're using a, a, a an existing world you're still sort of carving out your niche of it you know yeah and you make your characters and it's really exciting and then you have to actually play the game which is never as good as the thing you thought it would be <laughs> And right. not like I'm. That's, that's not. That's not a like. That's, that's not me bashing my players or my own GMing style. It's more just, just that my expectations get so high that I couldn't possibly be satisfied with what occurs. Okay. And like, obviously, I still have a good time, but I think the issue is that you can end up getting far too much into that mode. Now, I know for a fact Owen's talking about Spire. Um, oh, sorry, I believe Owen's talking about Spire, and you can just like obviously it's Christmas now, so you can't really play a game, you can't really get people around to make that happen. So you describe the game and you say, "Oh, it's really cool," and you're a big fan of the thing, and you get your character sorted out, and you tell them about the world. And everyone's really really revved up, and you think, "Oh, how can these how can these characters come together? Awesome!" And the issue you've got is you start telling the story in your own head rather than outsourcing it to the players, which is how role playing games work. Yeah. And you end up getting some expectations which you can't possibly fulfil, and that's really that 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 can cause quite a big, um, what's the word, um, jarring sensation. A bit like imagining discordance. Discordance. Thank you very much, Christopher. A bit like imagine you ask someone out on a date, and then six months later you go on the date with them, but you really fancy them. So like so like you completely overplan the date and you and you and you imagine how much fun it's going to be and you thought oh maybe maybe I should say this maybe I should dress like this and then you get there and it's just, oh we're just two people and oh. I I I I made you a magic person in my head and it hasn't worked and I'm but very sorry. is down yeah precisely so that's not the question he asked no it's not so well done thank you um, so as to the actual question mm-hmm. one of the things I use is emails. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I did this for a Call of Cthulhu campaign I did a while back. Okay. Um, it was there was a lot of dream stuff in the game, so I started emailing them sort of short snippets of dreams they had. Oh, that's nice. Um, so they could they could have those ready for backstory when they got mm. together, because then they went essentially they, they were all going <coughs> into treatment for insomnia. Oh, nice. So when they got there, like the first thing they had was a group session, and they got to describe the dreams. And they got to describe the dreams yeah. that they had already given them in their own words and their own. Oh, that's a nice idea. Thing, and it it kept up the interest and the awareness of the game, but mm. didn't hype it. Yeah, if you've got a group sorted out beforehand, I think like if your players are experienced or you've got you've got sample characters but from basically if you can try and get that the idea of of, of what story you're telling what group you've got uh, and so for example in dungeon world for example your characters have um i think it's bonds or relationships i forget the name um but you have you you, you establish things about you and other characters and so being able to like talk about that on email and say oh i'm interested in having a relationship with this person's character what what kind of bond could we share in this way and so you sort of build up your backstory yeah, which lets you hit the ground running. I think I think email is a really good way for that as well because it means that people can do it at their own pace. One thing I would say as well is if someone isn't into it, that's super fine. Yeah, like don't do anything which people have to do downtimes to make work in this situation. I think like maybe between games, that's okay, but 
while you're in the run-up, if you're like if you're all waiting on one person to submit and you basically end up playing uh, playing play by post, don't do that. No, that's not okay. Like, no, let let people come to it however they wish. No, these these emails that I sent were a paragraph. Yeah, entirely and true. and it was entirely passive. Yeah, you had to do nothing. You didn't even have to read them if you didn't want to. You could make up some stuff on. Yeah, on the day, but they were there and they kept people entertained. Yeah, definitely. and kept and kept my mind on it, which was useful when I was writing and yeah organizing. So and it's and 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 it is there is something quite <clears throat> something quite intoxicating about planning a game. There's something quite exciting about saying, "Oh, we've got we've got these different characters. What can they do?" And so actually, so uh, recommending something for this thirteenth age is really good for this. In that, if you um, if you can get players to roll their uh, their relationship dice. So 13th Age has a thing called relationship dice, and it's a it's a system which sits on top of the D20 system. Yep. It doesn't it doesn't quite gel, but it's a lovely idea. Yes, yeah, it's it's a separate system attached to. Yeah, and the idea is that um, you take a certain number of dice um, with one of the thirteen like power players in the world, and they represent things like there's like there's like the Orc Lord and the Archmage and the Elf Queen and a golden dragon who sponsors paladins and that sort of thing, and they are they they are the thirteen big things in the world, and, and and they're all doing things to each other basically. But the idea is that you roll these, and on a five, you get a complicated uh, uh, boon or a boon with some drawbacks. On a six, you just get a good thing out of it, and that means that the plot is going to sort of it sort of happens as a surprise to the GM as well, but it can be quite nice to have the players roll those at the end of a session. And it's, oh, I've got a six in my relationship with uh, with the Elf Queen. Cool, okay. And then you work out what that means next session. Yeah, and it's 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 nice having in your head yeah. enemies turn up. Yeah. And then you, but even you don't really know what enemies. Yeah. And so then somebody rolls a complicated relationship with the Orc Lord. Like, right, yeah. they're orcs. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. That's fine. That's, yeah. Now I know what they are. For, I, I would I would recommend. Um, I'd recommend at least buying the PDF of Thirteenth Age and reading it because it has such it has such good ideas. Oh, it's so good about about running a long a long term fantasy campaign. Like I, I'll be honest with you, the system now uh, I ran it. I ran a couple of campaigns a few years ago. The system now is a bit too close to Fourth Ed. It's a bit fighty for my tastes. Yeah, um, and I, can see I think that. In, in in my old age, I'm worrying less about pre- precise damage rolled. I think and. I probably wouldn't play it again for those reasons, but it is such a very good game in talking yes. about how to run it. You have you have a one unique thing, you uh, which is just one thing which marks your character out from every other character, uh, every other halfling paladin. You know, uh, you have your relationship dice, and instead of schools, you have you have backgrounds which are just um, freeform. This is this is what I did before I became a fighter. This is what I did before I became a rogue. And it just it just makes the world work. It just makes life so much easier. There's no, well, sorry, there's less bookkeeping and worrying. You just go, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Um, I think that's fun. Yeah, and I think also just like um, try to reduce the amount of time between getting people all all horned up (laughs) before you um, before you play the game because it can be quite frustrating, honestly. I'll be fluffing for two months. Although maybe maybe they're into that. Maybe they like the whole delayed satisfaction. Yeah, in which case, do not deny them. Or do, if that's what they're into. You won't game until I tell you to game. <laughs> the heavy breathing after that really soiled it. <laughs> so it's soiled or sold? Soiled. <laughs> Alright, let's see if I've got a question for you. Do it. Uh, five tips for playing better rangers. 
This one comes in from Nuthrum. Nuthrum. Uh, regular contributor from, from Reddit. Whether um, they know or not. Uh, Nithril, which I believe stands for something like Neil Lithian. Neil has five tips for playing better rangers, and I haven't read them, but I was wondering if we could come up with five tips for better rangers. Make your pet interesting. Oh, you're going for actual tips. Okay, yeah. Um, cool. Like an interesting pet. No wolves, no panthers. Nope. Not allowed those Do- anymore. Dogs are good. Dogs are, dogs are genuinely great for rangers. Get, get a big dog. Or a little heavy dog. Or a dog you can pick up and put in a handbag. Oh, an urban ranger, but kind yep. of a, um, what's the word? A legally blonde urban ranger. Yeah, exactly that. <clears throat> oh, Chris, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back on board. Yeah. Yep, would, would they just have a gun? Yeah, just, just, just like a little, little, like, but like, but like a, like a, like a, a Saturday night special next to the dog. Yeah, just in the handbag. The dog could probably use it. Favourite enemy? The patriarchy. <laughs> okay, get an interesting pet. Two. Don't live in the woods on your own. Live no. in the woods if you want, but with people, or live on your own in the city. However, you have to you have to have reasons to hang out with other fucking people because this is a game D and D. Yeah, don't be a loner. Don't and like and like if if you are a loner about things and like if 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 you're like oh my range is un, uh, unused to the ways of civilization, don't take that as an opportunity to sit out of it. Take that as an opportunity to get shit wrong. Pretend you're Aladdin, going into the posh part of town. Yes, precisely. You like, like you have to. You, you should lean into it rather than lean out. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Another tip for Ranger: use the create wood spell. This spell. <laughs> aye, aye. D- this. <laughs> this spell from D and D three point five creates a five foot square cube of wood. It is the most bullshit spell available. Learn to whittle. <laughs> Learn to whittle. Super quick. I should like to be able to st- to to sell perfect five foot cubes of wood to someone. I'm sure there's a use for that. Yeah. Not in your standard day to day adventuring as a ranger. Summon tree that might be useful. But summon cube. Is mm, it perfectly cube. cuboid? I believe so. Yes. It's, well, I mean, like it's it's it, it's a five foot square. It's oh. like it's like one of the interesting things that, about D and D. In addition to good and evil being quantifiable con- uh, concepts, five foot squares are an important part of the universe. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that if you can conjure a perfect square, mm-hmm. no matter the size, mm. like that's going to that's going to be really useful. Yeah, just 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 think of the benefits for the ruler industry. Exactly, like you've got a, you've got a true right angle. Yeah, get France on the phone. <laughs> like, get the local building merchant and architects on the phone. They're they going to want like, this. They keep the kilo in France, don't they? I believe so. Like, yeah. like the one kilo, which the is correct. Capital yeah. T yeah. kilo. Yeah, I suppose it would be le. Well, fine. Capital L Kilo. Le Kilo. A, th- a fourth tip is don't wear green. Wear any colour you like as long as it's not green. How about yep. you dress your ranger in the fading colours of autumn? Or the cold white colours of umbers. winter? Whites um, and uh, golds. Mmm, beautiful. Not green. Aragorn wore green. Everyone's done it. No, don't just make fucking Aragorn again. It's tired. It's done. It was boring when... Okay, it wasn't boring when we, when we had Aragorn, but it, it's boring by the third film. Oh, I've got another tip. Yay! If and when you get spells, lean into them hard. Okay. Why is that? Just out of interest. One of the things that you get traditionally with rangers is that mm-hmm. they are dual... Like, people know a ranger as a dual wielder or bow user. Yeah. Wait, it's, it's weird that the dual, the dual 
wield a bow user, I can understand, but yeah. I don't see why, why like having two swords is going to help you hunt deer. <laughs> Turns out how big the deer is. Ah, he parried the first. If you lean into the spells, you can have a really interesting archetypal ranger that uses magic to to, to get what they want to solve problems. So, so like, so like, you're you're, you're still shit hot with a bow. Yeah, but also, you can do things like you can get strangling vines, summoning owls, and all the wood you can eat. Strangling owls, strangle strowls. Nope. Oh, uh, we did we did much better there than I expected we would. Yeah. All right, ask me a question. Uh, Zenton asked, spiked eggnog or mulled wine for the gaming table? I've got a quick question for you guys. Can you endure either of these useless drinks? I don't know what eggnog is. It's a kind of it's it's egg based. Think of it like think of it like drinkable custard. Oh, yeah. So that sounds amazing. However, I am powerfully lactose intolerant. Yeah, no, you, like you like you'd have to you'd have to buckle in. <laughs> just, just really strap myself down for that just, one. Just get ready to shit yourself inside out after <laughs> yeah. a big glass of eggnog. Oh, oh it's um, like the end of a shotgun in a cartoon. Blows out sideways. Oh. Oh Jesus Christ! It's, it's, it's like it's like Bugs Bunny's put his finger up me. Yep. <laughs> so mulled wine for me, thanks. Well, mulled wine seems like it seems like a way of dealing with bad wine. I think I think my issue with mulled wine is I've never drunk it and not gotten utterly wankered. Okay, why is that? Is, is it because it's warm and you don't realise? Is, is it because it, it, it feels like it's it's beneficial? Yeah, it feels medicinal, and like I've never had. Actually, it no, gone... you, you you had it at my wedding, and you didn't get wine good until later. That's true. That's when they, when they wouldn't they wouldn't let me or you pay for beer. Yeah, I, I really try. I'm like, I'm like, I, I tried to ask for a glass of water, and they kept giving me pints of beer, which I think is a crime. <laughs> I think it's assault. <laughs> Eventually, I found a jug, and managed to hide and drank it. Good God, that was just like that's. I think that's the worst hangover of my life after my wedding. That was just, yeah, that was I can just, imagine. So yeah, mold, mold fucking wine. That'll be it, won't it? Yeah, that'll be it. It's just, it's just, it's never. I think I'd always rather just have the wine without the guff in it. Yeah, although I'm, I've got to be honest with you, I am l- lured in, drawn to drinkable custard. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to like we're going to Google eggnog now, and we'll cut this out. So we, okay. uh, we'll cut out the googling process, so we can just learn more about eggnog. Historically also known as Egg Milk Punch. Egg Milk Punch. Egg Milk Punch. Is that a direct translation from the German? Presumably. It's um, four eggs. So it's egg yolks. Right. Sugar, milk, heavy cream, bourbon, and nutmeg. And then then you put the egg whites back in for froth at the end. So it's raw eggs. So it's served cold. Yeah, it's raw eggs. Um, but, you know, there's enough bourbon in it. I don't think any salmonella is going to be surviving. Yeah, but consistency... Well, it's like a moose, you know? It's like a really runny moose. It's like undercooked scrambled eggs. Hang on, no, wait, no, I'm wrong. It's served warm. Fuck, oh, is okay. it chilled? No, it's cold. Fuck, is it hot or cold? <laughs> don't lie to me, internet! Alton! I'm, I'm on Alton Brands. Oh, well, obviously, Alton Brown is, is a wonderful man. I think it's it's some sort of brown liquor mixed into runny custard. I want to try like, it, but I don't think it's worth like, the pain. 
Like, well, I mean, I mean, like you could, you could have a sip of it and give it to someone else. Yeah. But like, it sounds, it sounds objectively wonderful, doesn't it? Right. Or even even without the booze in it, like drinkable custard. I don't want to. I don't want to get out a bowl and a, and a banana and a spoon to eat my custard. I'm a man on the go. What's the banana for? Yeah, because you've banana custard. So that's what you have custard with. Really? Yeah. You get you get you get a bird's custard powder and a banana. You cut you cut up the banana and put it in a bowl, and then Mum whisks the um, the bird's custard powder into milk, and then you pour it over, and it's this it's this luminous yellow Fanta like substance. Oh, oh, on the on the subject of that of that sort of color, I mm. was I was doing the shopping. Okay. And I saw Angel Delight. Okay. That is such a Christmassy food for me. Oh, it's like it's not nice. It, but it was the only time I was allowed it. For some reason, I was addicted <clears throat> as a child. I was only allowed it at Christmas. You're addicted, to just snorting the powder I just dry. Fucking loved Angel Delight for some reason. Okay. And it's just powder and milk. Yeah. It's like a it's it's like an off milkshake. <laughs> it's, it's, it's perverse. It's like it's like okay, no, it's 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 a cheap dessert. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I think we we had it when we were in um, uni a few times. Yeah, but it's not nice. No, per se. It's like it, there's, there's something about the substance of it which is very. It feels like it's come out of a body, <laughs> especially especially the expressed. pink stuff. You know, it yeah. feels like it. Yeah, anyway. Definitely not putting all of that in. No. Should we reel this in and let these people get on with their Christmas day? One sec. Um... If I have to choose, I think mulled wine because it seems more it seems more um, fantasy. Yes, I'll give you that. And um, if it's a, if if it's a fantasy game, mulled wine. If it's a sci-fi game, uh, just drug. Just, <laughs> Which is just, eggnog. Just a cup, a cup of hot drug, or so prob- the sort of probably, protein broth. I imagine it would be it would be vodka um, mixed with um, soylent served in a wax square packet, with a shot of peach snaps for afters. I may I made soylent cocktails once. Did you? Yeah, it tasted like pillows. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hearty Dose Friends. This very Christmassy episode. Uh, Chris and I are going to we're going to see each other at Christmas which is nice we're going to see each other after Christmas for Chris Christmas the superior Christmas yeah best uh, Christmas yeah for the for the family you choose rather than the one you have <laughs> which is nice uh, we get we get drunk and we watch Jimmy Stewart films yes we do turkey. it's a wonderful life best movie it's a pretty good film we love you very much listener we we want you to have a jolly holly festive time now, whether you're celebrating Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or any, also if you do, if one of our listeners does celebrate Kwanzaa, please write in because I'd love to know more. Really, really explain it to us. Yeah, really, really. Fill that one. No, it, it makes sense. It's just, it's just. I think it's quite rare. Thank yeah, you so much. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks so much, and we we wish you a merry Christmas. We we hope you have a nice time because like. Real talk. Sometimes it can be really hard around this time of year for people, especially if you're, if you're, you know, if some of your family members have passed away recently, or you're, let's say that you've you, you've broken up with someone and you're having to establish your new traditions. It can be really hard, and we hope that we've managed to, you know, 
give you some levity during this difficult time and we wish you a good one we hope that um we hope that you manage to have hope you manage to have a nice time you you eat some nice food you like that you get to see some people you love and if you don't get to see some people you love that you get to see them soon and crucially we love you and we are outside your house we we do love you chris is outside your house i'm on your roof um that's that's what the noise is up there i'm gonna i'm gonna swing in through a window just once I work out how this carabiner functions. I'm, I'm coming in through the letterbox. I believe Chris has a sort of... Um, I think he's disguised himself as a Christmas card? <laughs> yes. I don't, know, don't know how that one works. I'm one of those but, ones that you open and it sings. Yeah, I didn't work. It just it's, it screams. <laughs> well, don't open me. I didn't, I didn't want to ask him too many questions about the, about the physicality of that, but we'll see. Um, so you can, await, me. you can await our Christmas, our Christmas flashbangs and flesh envelopes very soon. Mm. And remember... Check your Christmas trees for enormous slugs. Oh my god, yeah. Make sure it isn't a slug and make sure to throw it away before the goblins come in, otherwise they'll team up. Yeah, it'll be heinous. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, happy holidays. And we will see you in the new year, if not before. Goodbye. Bye. Jingle, jingle.